Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. Hello, welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to build a stronger spirit, soul, and body so that you can overcome adversity and win at life and do what you were made to do. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe and share, and that's the way that we can grow our audience and get this message of hope and healing out to more people. And um, if you were with us last week, you know that I am... Um, running a promotion right now for the Women's Self-Care Conference. Um, I'm a speaker there on day two. It's coming up in just a few short days. And for a limited time, registration is still free um, up until November 8th. So if you're interested in joining us for that, it's gonna be over 50 plus speakers, um, just giving you a lot, a lot of resilient life hacks on your spirit, mind and body. And um, I know that that will be a big blessing. So the URL that you can go to for that is tinyurl.com, that's T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com slash self-care with Liz. And you can um, sign up there for the conference for free. And if you don't have enough time to catch everyone every day, which most of us don't, you can uh, sign up for the paid version to get the all access pass. So I do hope to see you there. But I'm really excited today to jump into our conversation. I have Robin Luftig with me here. She's an author and the founder of Renew Ministries. And she has an amazing testimony to share with us of, of resiliency and overcoming adversity that I know will, will bless all of you who are listening. Um, so thank you, Robin, for being on the show and welcome today. Oh, thanks, Elizabeth, for having me. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Do, is there more that you want to tell us about yourself and what you do or maybe your family? Um, newly retired from my day job, uh, worked at a college. I have um, three children, five children, counting stepchildren, mm -hmm. a grandbaby, and just loving life. Yeah. Loving large. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So um, I'm really fascinated to hear your story. You you mentioned, uh, you know, in the connection that we had before that. Um, you were plugging along with life and then and then you got a, an extreme medical diagnosis. So can you can you tell us that that story and what you learned from that? Yes, I did. I it happened in April of 2011. Went to bed one night after a wonderful day. Mm -hmm. um, had a seizure right there in bed, had never mm -hmm. had a seizure before. <clears throat> and my right side became paralyzed. So the EMTs came and um, took me to the hospital and they did an MRI, <clears throat> excuse me, and they found out that I had a brain tumor on the size, about, about the size of my, my uh, doctor's fist on my brain. Oh, wow. And they said, uh, it was not cancerous. It, we found out later, it was a meningioma, That's a type that is a tumorous just a tumorous can tumor, mm -hmm. but um, so you have to get it out and you have 10 days yeah. and we can't guarantee that you'll live, but mm. we'll have to get it out yeah. to give you a chance to live. So you can, you can either come out 100% or mm -hmm. 
or you can die, oh or you can come to someplace in, in the middle. Wow. So I had 10 days to see if I really believed what I had been talking about. Because I was speaking mm -hmm. at women's conferences and I had just spoken at a retreat three weeks earlier mm -hmm. and um, talked to God on the way to the to retreat. It was a five hour drive. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when I drive, I have everything set on the side. I have my coffee and my, my uh, snacks and my praise worship tapes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just turned everything off. And I thought, this is just a wonderful ride, Lord. Just, you know, it's wonderful to keep me company and, and for me to be able to do this for you and mm -hmm. do this with you. And he said clearly, like he was sitting right beside me, he said, Robin, and I got my attention because I heard my name. How are you, how are you serving me if you're doing what you want to do anyway? Because hmm. I like to talk about how cool Jesus is because Jesus yeah. is awesomely cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he said, do you trust me? And I, and I sat for a moment and I said, mm, I don't know. Can't we just keep it the way it is? Can't we just <laughs> yeah. we talk about you and you watch my back and we'll just call it a day. How about that, yeah. Lord? Can we just do that? Because I didn't want to answer that question. Mm. And he said, Robin, do you trust me? And I kept arguing with God mm -hmm. for about <clears throat> five hours. And by the end of the, the trip, of course, of course I trust you. So yeah. You. So um, I put that out of my mind, completely out of my mind. And then three weeks later, I have this seizure and I'm laying in the ER bed. You know, they're so skinny. Mm -hmm. And my husband was there and the doctor was there. And I had asked the doctor to pray for me. And I had never done that before, a stranger to pray for me. So we had just finished praying. My husband prayed for me. He said, give my, give my wife back to me. Mm -hmm. The doctor said, uh, give Robin and her husband peace during this journey. He never said that I'd be healed. Mm. He said, just wanted peace. And then I prayed. And then I, lay, I leaned back into that little pillow that they give you. And I heard clearly to trust me. So I knew I was on a journey. Yeah. And that journey was going to be 10 days. Hmm. So it was it was an exciting, exciting journey. So did you have to wait for 10 days to get the surgery or did they take you into surgery right away or? Well, the, the tumor was so big that they wanted it to shrink a bit. So they had to give me steroids to do that. Ah. And the, the time frame was 10 days worth of steroids. Mm -hmm. So I had 10 days to get ready. I, ah. I made sure my, our wills were in order. I, mm -hmm. We made sure that our bank statements were in order. We took care of all logistics. Mm. You know, I wrote letters to my children because they don't live close. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I talked to them on the phone, of course, and right. told them what was going on and they were devastated. But I had to write, had to write letters to them to tell them how good mm -hmm their heavenly father was and don't be angry at him if I happen to die. Hmm. You know? oh, I can't imagine. I just listening to you. I, 
I see like four or five points where I'm like, that's terrifying. Like, <laughs> you know, you said to, to just lay down in bed and to be half paralyzed, that's yeah. terrifying, you know, to the, your drive and your, in your conversation with Jesus and Hey, are you going to trust me? You know, that's terrifying in a different way. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then just to have 10 days to do all that. I just, I can't even imagine the pressure. Did you oh, recall was, during those 10 days, that conversation you had had with God in the car or was that not till later that you remember that? No, I remembered it immediately because oh. it just came back. I thought he had been. Oh, this is what you meant. For this. Oh, I get it now. Oh, I understand. <laughs> Light bulb. Light bulb. Mm -hmm. So, this. yeah. So it was kind of, it was exciting. And it was the sweetest time ever, Elizabeth. I can't. Really? express to you those 10 days were filled with closeness to my heavenly father and he just stuck mm -hmm. right to me just mm -hmm. to me and now i've always i've always tried to pray and ask for guidance in his presence and direction but these prayers were different it was like the the lady that had the issue of blood and she tried mm -hmm. to reach through for Jesus's hem of his garment. Yeah. I knew I had to reach through. I, I had to know because I could be dead in 10 days. Right. You know, it wasn't, I didn't have the luxury of saying, well, I'll get to it next week. Mm -hmm. I had to know now. Sense of urgency. Yeah. An urgency. I guess in that week time, you figure out right away what is really important to you and what actually doesn't matter. Well, it was a process. You know, I had to go through different, different steps. In the book, God's Best During Your Worst, I break it down into 10 um, chapters, roughly. And because everyone has a tragedy, I... Not everyone has a brain tumor, but everybody deals with trauma. And God can be there, right there in it mm -hmm. for you. You know, the book is a great book, but it's also a challenge. I talk about faith and trust and doubt and confusion because, you know, you don't anticipate tragedy. You know you're going to get it. The scripture tells us that, you know, we shouldn't expect more than uh, to have a better life than our master. Mm -hmm. So we we know we're going to have it, but we just, when it comes, it's like, oh, it's here. So during during that time period, you know, were there times where your trust wavered or, you know, were, had you been encouraged by that previous conversation, you were just solid all the way through? Was I solid all the way through? I was focused because I knew I needed to know. I knew that he had the answers. And I knew that if I, if I kept pushing th through this, if I kept asking, if I kept praying, because that's what I did. I spent that time writing emails. You know, I practiced gratitude. I wrote emails to people that had influenced my life, told them what was happening. Um, and thank them and just I wanted to let them know that if if I died they made they made a difference mm. 
And then I was in scripture a lot. And I listened and I prayed. You know, praying is one thing, but you need to listen as well. And you need to be able to sit in that quiet place and hear what God has to say yeah. to you. Yeah, and that's hard, especially it's if been, hard. we're under pressure or we're panicking or um, what have you. But I, so some ways, too, that time that you had was a gift because not everybody gets that opportunity to, to say those things to the people they love and the people that impacted them. It was a complete gift. It was an amazing gift. And it was such an honor. After the fact, I could I could mm -hmm. sit back and tear this apart a bit. Mm -hmm. But it was an honor that God trusted me enough to have me have this condition. Because I'd had this tumor in my brain, the doctors said, between 10 and 12 years. Oh, wow that had grown, it had been growing that long. So that's a long time. Yeah, and there was no hint of it ever, huh? Well, I don't know, you know, the, yeah. I, I had mood swings periodically, so, mm -hmm. but you have mood swings too, Yeah, right? we all do, yeah. I forget something and I, yeah. so this tumor affected my speech and my memory. And uh, I can't remember what the other things are, mm -hmm. but that was some of them. And yeah. here I am, a speaker yeah. at women's retreats at functions mm -hmm. that I'm not going to be able to speak anymore, mm. or I can't remember. And what am I going to do, Father? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So it just took it took a layer. Every every layer brought me to a, a better sense of trust. Mm -hmm. So to say, was I solid? I was solid here, but I was more solid the next day. And then I was yeah. more solid the day after that. So a growing process. It was a growing process. Yeah. So during during that time while you were waiting for surgery, were you paralyzed still that whole time or was that a temporary process? No, no, that was temporary. And then I don't know if it was from the seizure or from the pressure of the tumor, mm. but I still have residuals on my right side and not as strong on my right as I am on my left. Mm -hmm. So, and my balance is still off a bit, you know, mm -hmm. I don't do steps. I don't bound up and down steps like I did years yeah. ago, but again, I'm Neither older. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anymore anyway. Yeah. So, so tell us about that day that, you know, when you go in for surgery and they've told you, you know, this might be the end, what, you know, how, how's that conversation with your family that day? Okay. You broke up a bit. But oh, I think I'm, you asked sorry. me about the conversation that I had with my family. Uh, well, I was talking about the day of surgery, you know, when, when they've told you this may be all you have, you know, I, I can imagine it would be really difficult, you know, that, that parting time at surgery, you know, I've done that for minor surgeries and, with my children and it was difficult. Okay. The, the conversation with my dog, my, my two sons didn't want to come in for surgery. They wanted to stay until I was better. So they were hanging on to mom coming through. My surgery and my daughter was um, was more mothering and she wanted to be there with me. So we talked about uh, what, what I needed to wear if I was in a casket. Mm. You know, I said, you know, don't let my husband dress me. 
because I don't want to look like a clown. I love him, but I don't know if he has a sense of what I want my right. last look to look like. Yeah. So I laid out for her. I told her where my, what it was and where pieces were. But I said, I, I have no fear here. Mm-hmm. This was, this was my destiny. Mm-hmm. So either my destiny to impact lives would go on or my destiny would go on through my death or it would be in my road to healing after mm-hmm. the surgery i don't know if they got it you know kids are kids as 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 much as they grow up they're still your kids and you're still mom mm-hmm. so i don't know if they really grasp what i was saying but mm-hmm. she didn't have to dress me yes so fine. so you came to from the surgery and you know did they say right away it was successful or do you have like a waiting time to figure out what's going on well they were nervous when i was they tried to get me awake for, it was like a six-hour surgery and they wanted me to get awake because they wanted to have me hear them they wanted to to see if I could speak. They wanted some interaction with me. Right. So once I I became alert in recovery, they were thrilled. I was in immense pain from the tips of my toes to my hair. Mm. I was in pain. I never, it, it hurt to breathe. It hurt to move. Don't even think about speaking or mm-hmm. It was, it was painful. And I was not, my, my thinking wasn't clear. You know, in, in those hospital gowns they have for, for the patients, they have little snaps. Mm-hmm. So you can get your arms in and out mm-hmm. or they can put um, wires, you know, cause I had wires everywhere. Yeah. I, I could not figure out how those snaps worked, mm-hmm. how they knew how this snap went to that snap. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't comprehend that. So I, I was still in, in trouble, you know, but, and I went through speech, uh, occupational and physical therapy for months, mm-hmm. months. It was, it was an, a road. It was a, it was yeah. an ordeal. So was it a situation where you, you just gradually got better as you went through these therapies and things following? Well, yeah, I like a muscle, you work it and it gets stronger. Mm-hmm. So I had to work and get stronger at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's just really an incredible story of God's grace in your life. And, uh, you know, sometimes God heals us miraculously miraculously or instantaneously and sometimes it's through a process and sometimes it's through other sources of help and sometimes we have to wait on our healing till we get to heaven to see him but but ultimately he brings that wholeness to us um so like what are some big takeaways that that you learned through this experience you know that might help that other person that's dealing with something today that feels crushing uh, something that they don't feel like they can get through or they can't face, you know, how, how would you encourage that person to, to push through or to, to seek God in that time? There are many. Um, 
the one I think that is the most glaring for me is God is always there. And God's promises are true. You can take those to the bank. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's true. And when you in, are in those dark, dark places, you'll see how God can go to the, to the gates of hell to pull you back. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he has a plan. And he's not going to let that plan fall apart right now. I mean, just mm -hmm. because of, of a trauma that happened. Yeah. So we're, we're caught off guard, but he's not. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And just because there's a trauma doesn't mean his plan changed. He still mm -hmm. has the same plan. Mm -hmm. He's always known. Yeah. And for me, along those same lines, I, I, my story is that I lost my son in the second trimester and then I had a, a host of health issues myself following that. Uh, and I struggled with depression and I really struggled with kind of losing my faith. I, I really didn't trust God during that time. And I felt abandoned. I felt like he had left me. Um, but, you know, now looking at my, my faith has grown. It's on a more solid foundation now of <laughs> God is love and he is truth, regardless of what's going on around me. Yes. Um, but, but I, you know, I confirm what you said about God is always with us. And I would just add, even when we can't perceive that he is, because right. I went through years where I felt like God had turned his back on me, where oh. I didn't, I didn't hear his voice. I, sure. you know, I prayed and nothing happened. And um, in fact, the more I prayed, the, the worse things got. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just say, yeah, sometimes, you know, we can feel it. And sometimes we're like, yes, God is in this. He's with us. And sometimes we just have to take that on faith and, and look to the cross and say, God loves me that much. He's certainly going to be with me in this trial. Right. And that's what's important. And sometimes um, that's why I, I'm so I'm so moved by this book because it took so long to write mm -hmm. and it was really a gift from God. But it, when and I don't know about you, but when I was going through these moments of trauma, I couldn't think clearly. My thoughts weren't weren't clear or solid and I needed to get infused with other thoughts. I needed mm -hmm. people to think for me. I needed to have them remind me, remember scripture. So I would go back to scripture and then remember the prayers. That, so I would, you know, go back to my prayers and I would, I had to have someone help guide me mm -hmm. because I couldn't think. I was overwhelmed with the trauma that I was in. Yeah. And you, I would imagine the same mm -hmm. Yeah, my my thinking was was twisted. It really just got wrapped around in my head. I tend to be an overthinker anyway, but yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I think a lot of times we find exactly what we seek. And mm -hmm. I was seeking confirmation of all the ways that God didn't care about me. And so that's what I saw when I looked at my mm -hmm. circumstances. I've learned to flip that around and go, I know that I know that I know that God loves me, that yes. because of what Jesus did for me, I, I can just be sure of that. And so I look for evidence of God's grace and his blessing and his favor in my life. And guess what I find <laughs> thing after thing after thing where God is, God is fingers all in things and just making things work together. And um, it's a totally different 
perspective, a total mental shift, but it has really helped me drag myself out of that deep depression that I was in, you know, when you get your, your thinking straight and unpoisoned, um, that, that helps in so many other ways. It just helps how you perceive and interpret everything. And because you've gone through that, you have the opportunity now to reach out to other people that are going through the same thing. That's what like second Corinthians one, three and four talks about that, where we are to use how God has given us grace and give it to others and show, Mm -hmm. show them how like, look, see, I made it through this really dark time and you can too. You can do this. Mm -hmm. I'll walk with you. Right. Right. I, and that's really the reason why I do what I do. Um, I felt like several years ago, God kind of spoke to me and said, don't, don't hoard it. You know, the blessings that I've given to you. Yeah. He's given those to bless me, but also to be a blessing to others and um, to not, not hoard those things and say, these are my blessings of God, but to just freely share them to anybody who I can get to listen (laughs) and, and just say, God is good. And and I want to share this message of hope and healing with you too. So. Yeah, it's a great gift. That's mm-hmm. why I, as painful as that whole procedure was, and like I said, I've never felt pain that great mm. before or since. Yeah. But I would do it in a heartbeat again mm-hmm. if it meant I could be that close to my Savior mm-hmm. and I could see God's hand in action. It was incredible. Yeah. So how has that experience changed your your speaking and your ministry? Like, I mean, you were already telling people about the goodness of God and his healing. And, that you know, how does that intensify that for you? Well, it's changed it. It's given it a depth that it didn't have before. Before, I was talking about um, women's issues, like with marriage and uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. So now I can speak broader. I can talk about confidence in your faith, confidence in your Savior, maybe not so much in yourself, but in his love for you. So it's made it broader and it's unshakable. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that's great. It's, it's amazing to me always how God takes these things that are devastating to us, even, you know, it could be it's not in your case, but it could be, you know, somebody did something evil that mm-hmm. impacted us or, you know, all these various things. And he he can redeem those things. He can bring beauty from the ashes and he can turn our greatest pain into this great ministry opportunity to serve others. I know for me, prior to my my trial, my adversity, it was easy for me to kind of look at others in, in who were struggling and kind of go, oh, well, you know, if you had made better choices, maybe, you, would, mm-hmm. you know, and not that I was trying to be all judgy, but it just, that's how I saw it. But now I'm just filled with so much compassion for anybody that's in any kind of struggling situation. And I am just like, hey, <laughs> no judgment because mm-hmm. I have been down in the depths myself and that happens and it's okay to not be okay. Even if you're a Bible believing Christian, you know, who trusts in Jesus, uh, we still get depressed and anxious sometimes too. Oh, absolutely. And every day is a gift. You know, I, I went through a countdown, I, you know, yeah. 10 days, nine days, eight days, seven mm-hmm. days. And when it came to that last day, I had to be ready yeah. So when the 11th day came, I was able to wake up and say, and I still, I still do there for the longest time. It was every day. 
-hmm. but still even now that when i hit that sleep time where you're waking up but your eyes aren't open yet yeah. you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. when you're just getting into the day and i'm laying there in bed and i'm oh father you gave me another day yeah i marvel i marvel at that because there i've done nothing mm -hmm. to deserve it yeah it's a that, pure that's gift. amazing yeah yeah and and again i mine i kind of had an opposite experience of it's like it just drug on forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, well, will I ever come out? I was just in this place of despair where I could not see my life being different. Like I had no path forward that I could, could see. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I love Ephesians 3.20 where it says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or even imagine. So the goodness that he can bring into our lives is not limited by our ability to imagine what that thing might be or mm -hmm. how our future might look like. Um, you know, he, he can come into that and make this, this thing more incredible than we ever could have imagined. That's amazing. That's the yeah. God that we serve. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story. That's a really powerful testimony that you have and just God's, God's goodness in your worst time, your darkest time, the struggle, this, this countdown of life. If uh, our listeners want to find out more um, or reach you, how, how do they connect you? you can tell us sure. a little bit about your website and things that you have going on. I am on Facebook, Robin Luftig, speaker and author. And I, my website is robinluftig.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-F is in Frank, T is in Tom, I-G.com. All right. Great. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. And I know that um, your courage and bravery and joy with which you share your story will, will impact others and will be a blessing to those who listen. So thank you for that gift that you have given all of us today. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. Well, thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And thank you to our listeners who have tuned in. Uh, this wraps up another session of Resilient Life Hacks. And again, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe, review, share, you know, all that good stuff. And um, another quick reminder, the self women's self-care conference is coming up very soon. And so you only have a few more days to register for free. The uh, sign up link is again, tinyurl.com slash self-care with Liz. So I hope to see you there. I'm going to be speaking on day two on mindset <laughs> and the very things that, that I've used to kind of turn my negative thinking around um, to help me think in more godly ways. So hope to see you there. Thank you all. Uh, I appreciate your time and we will catch you next week. The Resilient Life Hacks podcast is distributed using Anchor. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me 
forward slash RLH podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for resilient life. Until next time, stand strong, hold on to hope, and love others like Jesus does.